Bibles this morning uh, to Ezekiel chapter 14. And guys, if you'll just pop up the scriptures as I go along, well, that'll be helpful. And I want you to know how much I appreciate your labor in the Lord. And it is not in vain. Uh, how many in here appreciate scripture being up on the wall? Amen. I tell you, uh, that's not to negate bringing your Bible, bring your Bible, mark verses and so forth. This is not some excuse to not bring your Bible, but I tell you, it helps uh, sometimes if you're like me, just to focus on the word of God. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 28, we are going to, I'll switch from last Sunday. I had a Bible class on the doctrine of Satan and, uh, uh, the spiritual warfare that we're involved in. And so this message today will be kind of a preaching, teaching message. We'll see how it goes. The Bible class got into preaching and left the teaching. And, but anyway, it's okay. But in chapter 28, we look at the origin of Satan. And we picked it up last week in verse number 12. We're going to read through this and then move into Isaiah 14. If you want to write these scriptures down or whatever. But take this as a Bible study to equip yourself in spiritual warfare. That's what you really need, how you need to look at this. Now, I want to just reiterate a couple of three things I said last week. Number one, we do not study Satan in the Bible for curiosity's sake. I'm not interested in him other than to know what God has to say about him. I'm not in, we don't preach it or teach it to, uh, you know, draw people's imagination stuff. Stay away from anything satanic except what the Bible says about it. Okay. Uh, he said in uh, verse, but uh, I said this in first John chapter five, verse four, he said great three, four, it says greater is he that's within us, Christ, than he that's in the world. If you're saved, Christ dwells in you. God wants you to know that he is greater than the, the one who lives in the world, the, the devil. Okay. So you don't need to have a fearfulness. You need to have an awareness, be alert. We'll look at some verses on that, but you don't need to fear him. Don't need to have a mystic attitude about it. Just what the Bible tells you, and that'll be truth. It'll be right. Uh, verse number 12, Son of man, take up lamentation unto, upon the king of Tyrus. And we're going to see a picture here of Satan. He said, and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God. And here's this uh, origin or the uh, beginnings of Satan. There, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been, by the way, the world's very, very keen on outward beauty. Yeah. Thou hast been in Eden. That tells you the serpent was in Eden there with Eve. A garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. And we said that it's amazing that that great high priest is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ has stones on his breast. Now I'm telling you, everything God is, Satan tries to imitate it. Everything. Uh, the sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onks, jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, gold, workmanship of thy tablets and thy pipes. We said last week that he, there were, there were three basic, uh, only one of them is called an archangel, but you had, you have Michael who is the military angel in the Bible. Whenever there's battles going on and warfare, Michael's involved. Then you have Gabriel. Gabriel is your messenger angel. Uh, he's the one who announced the birth of Christ and ministered to men in the Old Testament. Gabriel took the messages from God to men. Then you had Lucifer. And Lucifer is mentioned one time in your Bible, and that's in Isaiah 14. We're going to look at it pretty soon. By the way, the NIV removes the name of Lucifer out of, out of the Bible. That's enough to tell you right there. If there wasn't anything else in the world, to take that out, tells you who's behind that garbage. It's just ridiculous. It's mean and vicious. In fact, it's worse than just ridiculous. It's vile and it's mean. And it's, it's designed 
to take away the teaching, the truth about Satan. Anyway, uh, so you have Lucifer. Now, Lucifer was the music. Okay. And he has here in verse number uh, 13, the last part, thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day thou was created. God created music. God ordained it with, and, and Satan always perverted. Most of the music in America today is perverted. Right. Instead, of, instead of giving you a blessing, instead of calming you, instead of strengthening you, instead of teaching you, it just, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I walk into places of business and I wonder how people stand it. I walk into factories and places and I walk, how do these people take this boom, 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 walk into restaurants. I wonder how do they stand this every day, pounding in their brain. It's no wonder people are crazy because music can drive you crazy. It it, it can have a positive effect or a negative effect in your life. And you know, I'm telling you church, get out of your life. However you have to do it, any type of music that is not pleasing to the Lord. I'm just telling you, just get rid of it. Verse number 14, thou art the anointed cherub. I won't deal with cherubs again today. I'm going to bypass that for right now. But cherubs is a very interesting study in the Bible. Satan also perverse the concept and the biblical teaching of cherubs. Most photos that you see of cherubs are naked children. It's wrong. Yep. I'm telling you something. There's a Satan. When we talk about Genesis 14 this morning, Bible class being a, pre, a, 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 a warm up of the tribulation period. Yeah. And God heard the cries. Yeah. And the child trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. Child molesting. And the garbage going on in this country. Same thing. Move it on up to this time period. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, Thou hast walked upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down the midst of stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways in the day thou was created. The big thing here to remember, Satan was created being. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present. He has not dwelt. He has not existed eternally. He is a created being. He was created as Lucifer. By the way, we'll get to this pretty soon. Lucifer, when you talk lucent, light. He means light bearer. Okay? Boy, I'm telling you something. We just, we're going to... Uh, but he's a created being till iniquity was found in thee. Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall out of heaven. Amen. And when Satan sinned against God, we'll be looking at Jesus said that lightning fell. Okay. Verse 16, verse 16, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled in the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee out as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire and that's why it's thought that he evidently was a covering over the throne area and the music and the beauty and the light. And we'll see what happens to him. Look at verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. This still happens to people. It's not just happened to the devil. The devil will try to exalt you. I'm going to tell you something right now. Being quote good looking and beautiful in this world's eyes may be a curse for you. You'd be a rare person to be able to handle it very well. Because you compare yourself to what the world's imaging is. If you're not careful, you think you're better looking than everybody else. You're more beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And that makes you some kind of superior person. And that's not true. You are not superior just because you are beautiful in the eyes of the world. I think we ought to try to be, you know, uh, certainly not, you know, distractive in ugliness or nothing like that. I'm not talking about that. 
But I tell you where God's concerned is the inward man. God is concerned with the inward man. Who are you? Are you beautiful inside? That's where God's concerned. And so he said that it was lifted up because of thy beauty. By the way, isn't it amazing that America has a beauty pageants? And what happens in those pageants? They require women basically strip down their underwear and walk and parade themselves. Yeah. I do, I do not know of anything that degrades American women any more than the Miss America pageants. It's degrading. And then they talk about, you know, Me Too movement. Oh, really? Oh, really? You care about women and you want to degrade them to the point of where they. And, you know, and, but the problem is with any girl that gets involved in that is that she has believed that the acceptance and approval of the world is all that matters. She has a temporal value system. And that's the problem. Okay. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of the bright of thy brightness. Isn't it amazing that even in religious circles that preachers have been corrupted by the brightness of their education? Yeah. Knowledge, the Bible said, puffeth up. Amen. Puffeth up means pride. Right. You may never have picked this up. I never call a visiting preacher by the, by the, by the title of doctor. You've never heard me do that. And I've had people with a doctorate degree in the pulpit, but I never introduced them or advertised them as doctor so-and-so. Ever. Because mostly what happens, and I'm not all cases, I'm not going to blanket this on everybody, but in most cases, they get puffed up because they have a doctor's degree. And they think they're somebody and they think they're superior to the average Christian. And I just don't go for it. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kingdoms. They may behold. Behold, thou hast defiled thy sanctuary. Thy sanctuary is by the multitude of thy iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire. By the way, Satan's a trafficker. Did you catch that? Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee. I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth. That's telling you that he will ultimately have a body. There will be a satanic incarnation, Satan in the flesh, just as Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. The Antichrist will be Satan in the flesh. Flesh is ashes. Spirits do not burn and have ashes. I will bring thee to ash upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished, astonished at they, and they shall be a terror. Thou shall be a terror and shall never be anymore. And we talked about Revelation 20.10. You really need to have Revelation 20.10 down good. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. That's where he's going. That is ordained of God. It's settled in the heavens. It's he's settled for eternity. He is going to the lake of fire forever and ever. I would encourage you today, do not follow him because that's where he's going. So think about who you're following today. Well, anyway, let's go to Isaiah chapter, go back to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, and uh, we're going to pick it up again at verse number 9. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 9. Give you just a moment to get there. And again, just pray as we preach and teach this morning. But uh, I will tell you this, that I've been in spiritual warfare all week long. It just seemed like from the time I started teaching and preaching on this, it's just like Satan attacked me like nobody's business. And I mean, I just, but anyway, you'd think I'd be used to it, but now. Verse number nine, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. I hope that's not about you today. I hope you're saved. If you're not saved, listen, you better get saved. 
you better repent. You better believe on the Lord Jesus Christ or you'll be with the devil in this thing. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It is raised up from their thrones, all the kings of the nations. Notice how he's bringing in this kings of the nations. Verse number 10, all they that speak and that shall, all they shall speak and say unto thee, art thou become weak as we are, as we art thou become like unto us. There's going to come a point in time when the weakness of the devil is going to be shown to this world and the people that followed him are going to be shocked that they followed such a sorry, low down, vile, wicked, weak person. Let the him lead them to hell. And I'm going to just be honest with you this morning. If I could be rough, you're not saved. You're not too bright. The stupidest thing you'll ever do is reject Jesus Christ and die and go to hell. The stupidest thing you'll ever do is sit in this church house or listen to this broadcast and let Satan just keep lying to you and keep you from being saved. If you really knew how, what the hell is that's being moved to meet thee at thy coming, you'd just say, Reg, I want to get saved now. I don't need your preaching. I need Christ. Amen. And I mean that. The dumbest thing you'll ever do. And I'm not trying to knock you. I'm not trying to belittle you. I am telling you, you need to be saved. That's why the gospel's given. Amen. Verse number 11, thy pomp is brought down to the grave. The noise of the vials, the worm is spread unto thee. The worms cover thee. Jesus talked about worms when he preached about hell in the New Testament. He said, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. This is a big study in and of itself. Uh, I, I got to keep spent. All right. Verse number 12. Here it comes. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did us, underline this in your Bible, weaken nations. This is what's going on in America right now. Satan is weakening this nation. Amen. And he's weakening it by taking the Bible out of its culture, the Bible out of its churches. I'm going to tell you something. When a church gets rid of the authorized version Bible, it's weakened immediately because it has no power of the word of God. So then substitute Christianity has to work its way into that church. We're all nice people. We pay our bills. We believe. But we don't believe God preserves his word. We believe it has mistakes in it. That it's only accurate in the original of which there are none. So we don't have a Bible in this world. But he weakens nations. Verse 13. For thou hast said in thine heart. I Now watch this very carefully. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be, will be like the most high. There are five I wills there. It's, it's an unbelievable picture of the pride of Satan. Pride is a base sin along with covetousness and it will destroy all who play with it. Pride will destroy you. God, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. He takes the, the proud will be destroyed. But you can see in verse 13 and 14, Satan was going to usurp God. Absalom is a picture of Satan in the Old Testament where he wanted to usurp the throne. And if you want to know how this thing is going to wind up, just study Absalom, how he wound up. David is a picture of Christ. Absalom, a picture of him. I will ascend. He wanted to take his throne. All right. Verse number 14, uh, verse 15. Yet thou shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Hell is described in the Bible often, many times as the pit, the pit, the pit. 
And preachers used to preach on the pit. And I'm going to tell you, hell's a pit. And let me tell you about pits. You got to have help getting out of pits or you don't get out. Anyway, I don't want to go there. They that see thee, verse 16, shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee and say, is this the man? And that's going to show you that Satan incarnate that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms. This is what Satan going, is doing. Verse 17, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that openeth not the house of his prisoners. And I want to ask you a question today before I get going now. Are you a prisoner of the devil? Jesus came to set the captives free. As a sinner, as a lost person, you are held captive by Satan. Now, right now in my life, I'm dealing with people that have been taken captive. And they just seem totally helpless. So I'm going to tell you something. In the name of Jesus Christ, on the basis of his shed blood, you can be freed from sin, forgiven, and freed from Satan's power and dominion in your life. He can set you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Satan is a person who takes people captives. You read these new Bibles, they will call Christians slaves. Christians are not slaves. We're servants. We are children of God. We are not slaves. Satan has slaves. That tells you something else about these new Bibles. Satan has slaves. Christ freed me from the slavery of sin in Satan. Well, anyway. So now we're going to take off today with names and titles. Now I've preached a lot on the names and titles of Jesus Christ. Satan has names and titles, at least 20 some, and we're going to look at them this morning and just do the best we can. Guys, if you want to put up 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8 through 10. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10, if you want to write these references down. The first title that we're going to give you this morning is called Adversary. Adversary. Let me just tell you something. The Bible said in 1 Peter chapter 5, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And if you don't think that's the truth, he'll devour you, he'll devour your home, your marriage, your family, everything, everything about you, he will devour it. Right. I'm telling you, as a roaring lion, how many's ever seen a lion on some, maybe some video catch a little uh, fawn or some little deer? Yeah. Yeah. A guy was telling me the other day about some wolves that killed a heifer out here in some western state and said that when the rancher got there, she was still alive and they, they were eating her alive. I'm going to tell you something. I asked you this morning, is Satan eating you alive? This, when I preach this, I'm going to tell you, it's not a game. I've been preaching now all these years, and I'm going to tell you right now, he hates my guts. Yeah. I'm going to throw this at you. And I did this this week just, just to remind myself. If you go back to the point in America at post-World War II, and the age of television started... You will find that we had a lot of televangelists in this country. Almost every televangelist that's ever been in this country, either him or his sons, fell into immorality. There's a reason for this. Now, you listen to me real good. If you boys, you listeners, don't you ever forget, I'm going to tell you this. It's, it's biblical and it's history. David was a great man of God and a man after God's own heart. What brought him down? Immorality. I can take you, Jimmy Baker messed up with his own secretary. Jimmy Swaggered was honking prostitutes. 
By the way, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little something about mercy. The Bible said Jesus, one of the first things Jesus ever preached was, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The Bible said in Galatians, he said, ye that are spiritual, he said, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such, would you get that? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be taken. What a lot of people do not know was that when Jimmy swaggered, all they can remember Jimmy swaggered crying over TV. What a lot of people do not know was two years before that, he took down a preacher by the name of Gorman, who was really a hot preacher at that time down that part of the country. And Jimmy Swaggart was jealous of him. And he found out that he was messing around committing adultery. And so he got the goods on him and he, and he broke him and shut him down without mercy. Are you listening to me? I've seen the video of Gorman weeping and crying because he got caught. Two years later, guess what? Jimmy Swagger didn't have mercy on Gorman. He wanted to kill him and stomp his ministry in the floor and, and rush his guts because he wanted to dominate the TV ministry. Two years later, he got it. Yeah. Be careful about stomping on people who messed up. Amen. Where'd all that come from? But where's what I want to get to? You decide I'm going to preach? Get ready for explicit particular devils out of hell to attack you. Amen. You say, well, right. all right, I'll give you another. Jerry Falwell, son, got involved in deep perversion, wound up having to resign as president of Liberty University over it. Now you listen to me. Why would Satan go after people in spiritual leadership? Here's what I tell people. It will not be when you're two or three or four or five years in the ministry that Satan will send some really wild, weird devils after you. It will be after you have been known to take a stand for God. Yeah. After you have influenced a lot of people and, and, your, and your influence would, would infect a lot of people is when he'll come on you. We have an adversary. Yeah. Let me tell you about you guys, your married couples. It probably won't be so much when you're young as it will be when you're older. Satan will go after your marriage. Why? Because your children are grown. You've got grandchildren. And your grandchildren watch mom, grandma and grandpa bust up. And you'll affect their lives like nobody's been. It'll do more damage when you're older than when you're younger. You do something when you're younger. Everybody says, well, you know, it just is what it is. You have an adversary. What's God say about him? Be sober. This is not monkey business. He means to rip you up. Be vigilant. That means day after day, week after week, realize that Satan wants to destroy you. And until you take your last breath, you will be fighting him. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. Now, he is not a lion, but he is as a roaring lion. And it, and it put, puts you into a spirit of fear, puts you into a spirit of worry, walketh about, and that's what he does. What did he say to Job? What did Satan say to God about Job? When God asked the devil, he said, I'm going to and fro throughout the whole earth. And he wanted to devour Job. This is not, uh, listen, I want you to be happy. I, I guess we could all stop and have praise and worship and whoopie doo and feel, go home, have fun. Truth about it is, you don't know what's happening outside the church house and back at the house when all that stuff's over with. I'd rather have a sober, serious, 
church service and know and what I need to do to keep my family together and to keep my home together and, and to not mess up on God along the trail. I'd rather have that than whoop, whoopie do. Seeking him, they may devour, and he will devour you. Hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. You say, how does he do that? Well, if, you want, if, if you're some numbo, dumbo, and you've lived 14, 15 years or 20 years, and you don't know what drugs is doing to people in this country, why don't you wake up? Amen. It will devour you. Did you know right now, they've even got a report out right now that uh, all, all the homeless in America is basically because of this fentanyl? Yeah. I mean, it just blows them out. Hey, they can't hold a job down. And while they can't hold the job down, they can't pay the rent, they can't pay the light bill, and they can't pay the gas bill, and they get put out, they're on the street because they're messed up. Satan devoured them. And it ain't just that. You mess with pornography, it will devour you. It'll devour your marriage, it'll devour your home, it'll devour your mind. Satan is not messing around with you. You say, well, I can get by with it. Bless God, I'm smarter than Jojo. He may be in jail over at the courthouse, but I'm smarter than him. No, you're not. You're dumber than him for thinking you're smarter than he is. All right, by the way, Satan's your adversary. Jesus is your friend. Let's go to uh, Revelation 20.10. In this good verse, I want you, hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I, I didn't finish. I don't know why. I'm thankful you didn't take it off. Look at this. The devil, what are you supposed to do with him? Resist him. Steadfast. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. In the faith. How, what is that? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. You resist. How, what did Jesus tell the devil? I'm going to tell you right now. Here it is. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. You resist the devil with the Bible. It's the sword of the spirit. That's why he wants you to watch your telephone and watch TV and everything else except reading your Bible. Because you're defenseless. You don't know a first verse to whoop him with. Amen. You ought to love your Bible, amen. You know, I got a 30-30, I like that thing. I got an AR or a KK or whatever you call them things that shoots real fast, Joe Biden. <laughs> amen. amen. I like something that'll shoot 20, 30, 40 rounds. Amen. amen. And when I'm a Christian, I want an AR and, a, and an AK and a lever action and a semi-automatic and a fully automatic. And I want to have my brain loaded and my heart loaded with the word of God so that when he comes at me, I can resist him and be steadfast in the faith. I'll tell you what, you know what the liberals, they think that you ought to sit in your house and some idiot come in, break in your house, slit your throat and rape your wife and you're supposed to pay thanks for not killing all of us. That's their attitude toward crime. I'll tell you what you need. You need a gun at every door. A gun at, under every, every mattress. That dude breaks in on you, amen. Send him into eternity. The moment he steps through your threshold, he give up his right to live. Yes, sir. Now, somebody said, drag him outside. I don't know whether you do that or not. But. Well, here's what I'm getting to you. I don't want to shoot nobody. I've never shot nobody. I don't ever want to do it. But I'm going to tell you something. I have a spiritual enemy who is out to destroy my family, my home, my life. And he's out also to destroy this church, by the way. And I'm going to fight him. Amen. I'm going to resist him. Amen. And I'm going to resist him in the faith, not in some kind of whoopie-doo spiritual exercise. Yeah. I'm going to resist him in the faith. 
Well, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 10, if you want to go there, guys. It said, the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, which the beast and false prophet are shall be tormented day and night forever. This is at the end of the tribulation period before the uh, thousand year reign. But anyway, uh, after the thousand year reign, before the great white throne judgment. Now, the Bible says devil there. The word devil means a slanderer. Slanderer. Jesus is our advocate, but he'll slander you. He'll not only do that, but do something else. He'll slander your brother and sister. He'll slander other Christians. Be careful about believing slander. Slander is a crime in the court of Almighty God. He'll slander you and he'll slander Christ. He'll slander God. He's lying to you. Let's go again. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 2 2. I want to show you something here. We're going to try to keep moving. Man alive. How does time go so fast? Ephesians 2 2. He is the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2 2. Bible. We can get that, guys. I, I, now I'm getting dependent on you guys to turn them on, Bible. <laughs> Ephesians 2 2. Did we get it? All right. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. What's he talking about? He said, when you were lost, before you got saved, now watch this. He said, in time past you walked according to the course of this world. You lived, listened to, watched, dressed like, lived like the world. But he said, According, not just to the world, but according to the prince of the power of the air. That's one of Satan's titles. He is called the prince of the power of the air. That's really, really interesting to me nowadays. Uh, I don't have my phone with me. I think it's out in the truck. I'll tell you what blows my mind. I can take that thing and pop it and slide it up there and I can hit uh, that little deal that takes you to the internet and I can, and all of a sudden with a phone that's not attached to anything. Bring in news and bring in this, that, and the other, whatever. Now, so there's something going on. Does anybody know what's going on? How did that get there? How did it come up on my phone? Through the airways. Airways, you, there's air right now. We are broadcasting through the airways. The Bible says Satan is the prince of power of the air. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who do you think is controlling the airways in America? I can tell you something. America, by the time radio came, oh, Lord, help me stay on track. When radio came, America was a deeply uh, religious, but even more than that, biblical-based nation. And when they brought radio in, they, they knew better than to start playing stupid stuff. To start with, they played stuff that Christian people could accept. Because they knew if they didn't, somebody, there was enough power of Christianity in the nation at that time, they would wipe radio off. So they would play uh, Back in the Saddle again. What we'd call neutral songs. They weren't Christian, but they weren't. And then they had a lot of preachers on radio and so forth. What's going on every day in your life is a power struggle in the air. And it's an unseen spiritual world. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Which spiritual power there are you tuned into every day? You're going to tune in. You're going to dial. I know some of you don't know what a dial is, but us old timers know what a dial is. And you're going to dial into something. And you want to be real careful what you're dialing into. Some of you kids, you know, I mean, it, it, hey, listen, you're going to be someplace your mom and dad ain't at first time in your life. Yeah. 
and, and you're going to dial and you're going to hear something. Right. And your flesh is going to be drawn to it. Right. Yep. Boy, there's so many things I'd like to preach on, but I, I'm going to keep going. Jesus is the Prince of Glory. Verse number three says, it says there that the prince of power there, it's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation times past, the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy. Now let's go to the next thing. The fourth, we, number one is he's an adversary. Number two, his title is the devil. Number three, he's the prince of power of the air. Number four, he's called the God of this world. Second Corinthians 4 4. Second Corinthians 4 4. The Bible said, If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, little G hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Okay? Lest the light of the glorious God of Jesus, we preach ourselves that Christ, Jesus the Lord. But who is, he said, the God of this world, that's one of the titles of Satan. And what does he do? As the, he blinds minds. You can't see hell. You can't see your own sin. I tell you one of the sickness things I see going on is this attitude in America that we're supposed to love ourselves. That's totally opposite of what the Bible says. Now, I'm, no, I'm not talking about hate yourself. But it's just the country's full of that. And the Bible warns of it in Timothy. Lovers of them own selves. And you see it, these selfies. It's just full of it. It's all about me. It's love of self. And that stuff is coming from the God of this world. All right, number five. <clears throat> Uh, the Hebrews 2.14, if you want to go to Hebrews 2.14, the Bible calls him that him that has the power of death. Now, I'm going to show you something. Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy. Here it is, him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Now, this is what Jesus Christ did. He, watch this. He took the power of death through his Work at the cross and resurrection away from Satan. Amen. When you receive Christ, the power of death is no more upon you. That's why the Bible says when you receive Christ, you have eternal life. Amen. Okay? That power of death has been taken away. Let me give you an Old Testament example of that. When, Satan, when, when David slew Goliath, Goliath, by the way, is an Old Testament picture of Satan. Yeah. Taunting, daring. Yeah. Okay? Conquering, destroying. David hits him with a stone. And David said, got him. He's down. Uh -uh. What did David do? He went and took his sword, the power of death, and destroyed him with his own instrument. That'll make you jump. When you realize that Jesus Christ took the very instrument that, of death that he, that's why the Bible said the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And this is the joy of Christianity. Brother Phil, death no longer has power over me because of Jesus Christ. He did exactly that. He, he, he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus already has destroyed him. And those who believe on the Lord Jesus, the power of death is destroyed. That's why the apostle Paul can say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We are never going to die. If you're saved, you've been given eternal life. You just move out of the, your old timers used to put it this way. I'm moving out of the old house. Amen. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Prince of the world. John 12, 31. Number six, he is called the prince of this world. 
John 12, 31, now is judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now prince is a political power and principality is a political power over a geographical area. And Satan is the prince of this world in that sense. Okay? And he appoints devils in principalities. Yeah. Now that's a big subject. Yeah. Alright, number seven, he's the ruler of the darkness of this world. Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12. Again, this is kind of Bible class. Uh, how many how many's hot besides me? Is anybody hot besides me? few of you homicides me. I don't know what to do. I think I'll just take off my jacket or something. I'm about, to, I'm about well done. Amen. What? We, Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There it is. Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, high places is a very important subject in the Bible. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel came into the land of Canaan, they were to conquer the land and conquer the high places. If you study the Bible, you'll find out they would never get rid of those high places. And because they wouldn't get rid of the high places, they could not conquer the land. Now, I'm going to give you something. We've got a president who's in a what? High place. And all he's not concerned about real issues like uh, invasion in the border. What he's concerned about is that transgenders Now you listen to me and Joe Biden I don't hate you but I sure hate what you stand for. I think you're an illegal president not going to lie about it. I'm sick to death of elections being stolen at 3 o'clock in the morning out of some big inner city who's just waiting to see how many votes we need to have before we send them in. This is junk. And if it doesn't stop, we're not going to have a nation. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Joe Biden, he's the, the, the secretary of uh, transportation, Buttigieg, whatever his name is. He's a queer. The lady who's his press secretary, she's a queer. The, the, the mayor of Chicago is a queer. The governor of Colorado is a queer. What's happening is Satan is putting spiritual wickedness in high places. And you wonder, well, why are these companies doing this? And why are these companies doing that? And why are they surrendering to the woke crowd? It's because there's spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, you listen to me tight today. You may, you see... God, when he lists adultery, fornication, effeminate, watch this, adultery, fornication, or fornication, adultery, effeminate. You see, we have a tendency, and it is true, adultery is terrible. All right? It's bad. And God punishes it, and God literally hates it. He said he hates putting away. God hates divorce. He said you've dealt treacherously against the wife of your youth. You think about that. You judas her. Now, we have a tendency, what happened to us was about 60 years ago, to start with, adultery was an, un, like, it was an unspeakable thing. You didn't hear about it. When I was a boy, you didn't hear about couples getting divorces and being remarried and all that kind of stuff. Over a 30-year period, it became commonplace, and the culture, watch this, the culture accepted it. Now, we should give mercy. We're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I want to tell you something right now. If that's been in your life, you need to get it under the blood and move on down the road. All right? Fornication. At one time, you say, well, that's always been. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
But I'm going to tell you, there was a time when it was not considered to be fine in America. There was a time when it's considered to be a shame and a disgrace. But we accepted it. Now, the automatic movement in the Bible is this. Once a nation accepts this, it has taken down the barrier for this. Because if mom and dad's going to commit adultery, I'll commit fornication. All right, the next generation comes along and says, they committed adultery, they committed fornication, I'll be a queer. It's all wrong. But my wrong's way worse than your wrong, according to you. Well, in the Bible, it is far worse. God never blew a city up because they committed adultery. There is a sin against nature in sodomy. There is a sin against design in sodomy. There is a sin that goes into what the Bible calls the depths of Satan. And let me just tell everybody in this church house and everybody listening, this is not some little, oh, well, it's just the times we're living in stuff. This is precedent to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is called the depths of Satan, and it has no mercy. And it'll pull you in like a sinkhole. And it will drown you in the bowels of hell. But you need to understand what we're seeing right now is spiritual wickedness in high places. Corporations, politics, schools. I'll remind you that I put out a a broad-based deal asking how many teachers in Wright, Douglas, Webster County would publicly say that adultery, fornication, same-sex marriage, transgenderism was wrong and a sin. Two. Responded. The rest of them kept quiet. Schools are a high place. It is a place of influence and power. It disseminates what you're supposed to live like. And when you pull God out of it, you're going to have a hellish mess. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, the next thing is uh, we got the rulers of darkness. Uh, go to Isaiah 27.1. Isaiah 27.1. This is Leviathan. Leviathan dwells in the sea of him. In the day of the Lord, in that day of the Lord, with his sword and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent. You go back to Genesis chapter 3, and it was the serpent who came and tempted Eve. He is called Leviathan. Leviathan was a beast that dwelt in the sea. The seas in the Bible represent nations with their filth and their, and their changing all the time of their power structure and, and so forth. Leviathan is called, is a picture of the devil in the Bible. By the way, look at this verse. Shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Those are all names of Satan in the Bible. Let's go to Lucifer in Isaiah 14, 12. Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, which thou art cut down the ground, which didst weaken the nations? You know, I'm just going to tell you something. I mean, I could come up here and I could, I could preach all the stuff and, everybody, and everybody's happy and go home. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not living in 1950. You're just not there. And if you don't get a hold of some Bible truth and young people and married couples, I'm telling you right now, if you don't get a hold of stuff and make some major decisions in your life, this culture is going to suck you under. Lucifer means light bearing one. Now I want to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 13 through 15 in respect to this Old Testament teaching on, on a Satan being a light bearer. Now watch this very carefully. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Now watch the connection here. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, 
How many of you have seen on somewhere on Facebook or online, Apostle so-and-so? Apostolus so-and-so. It's kind of like deaconess so-and-so. There ain't no such animal. And transforming them, watch this, false apostles, deceitful workers do what? Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel. So don't be shocked by this. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Lucifer, light bearer. And he transforms himself. And think, by the way, this is why you see all these ministries and stuff like a guy out here in California, out here in Colorado. Man, you're talking about setting the devil. setting. He set Colorado up like nobody's business. There was a, a preacher out there in Colorado Springs, had 14 or 15,000 attendants at his church. Pentecostal background with all that stuff that goes with that nowadays in the charismatic movement. And they put on the, on the uh, slate on the, to be voted on in Colorado to maintain marriage between a man and a woman. Well, this guy is exactly right there. And here's how Satan works. So you watch this. This guy was a false preacher, false teacher. And he built this thing into helping families and keeping marriages together and doing all this wonderful stuff. And he's a, he's a big proponent for this amendment in the state and pushing it you know, real hard and being real open about, you know, about uh, man, marriage ought to be between a man and a woman. He was preaching this stuff and they were talking to him on TV and all this stuff. And about two weeks before the election, now this is how Satan works. Let me just tell you something. Be sure your sin will find you out. That's what your Bible says. You're never going to get, but Satan sets, Satan sets his false apostles up as angels of light to destroy and advance the work of God and, and advance his cause. About two weeks before the, the election was going to be on, a news station announced that there would be a major announcement about this man and his ministry. They got everybody in the state of Colorado set and primed listening. And this, watch this, male escort. You know what that means? He's a man prostitute, sodomite prostitute, comes out with an interview that this preacher has been paying him for immoral conduct and for uh, drugs for years. And he's got it all documented. Within that two-week period, they flipped the whole state of Colorado by using this false prophet, this angel of light, showing what a hypocrite. You see, let me tell you something. Satan does not care to use you as a hypocrite. That's how vile and dirty he'll play with you. So what happened was, here's this guy that was supposedly opposed to this amendment. All of a sudden, find out he's a super hypocrite. He's involved in the very thing that they're voting on. He lies about it. Then they pull up the proof on him. And the amendment went down like a flaming airplane. And they voted. and And that's when Colorado flipped. How did it flip? It flipped because Satan transforms his ministers into ministers of righteousness. 
wild, but it's real. By the way, he'll do that with me and you. That's why he's after you. Now, let's go. Oh, my goodness. It's 1202. Uh, we're at number nine. I've got 22. We're going to, I'm going to do uh, one more. 1203. I got uh, about 12 more names of Satan in the Bible. And I think I'll just have to do it tonight. You listen to me. I'm going to, we're going to dismiss here in a little bit. We're going to sing. Everybody's pretty sober, right? <laughs> Everybody's pretty sober. Well, I want to encourage you. Where's Satan going to wind up at in the end? In the lake of fire. Greater is he that's in you than what? He's in the world. You can conquer him through what? You can resist him through the word of God. And by the way, <laughs> hey, Sparks, I like you. I can't help what the devil thinks of you. I like you. But if I come up to you and I went, just start slapping you around. Just start slapping you around. Just start slapping you around. What are you going to do? <laughs> I like this. Amen. You're probably going to knock my teeth out. Yep. He nodded his head. Now watch this. If I come up to your kids and go. It'd be faster. You'd be faster. Now, please get this simple illustration. If we wouldn't let somebody else just box us around, slap us around, and we wouldn't let somebody slap our kids around, I'm not there going to talk about your wife, okay? <laughs> That'd be faster yet, right? Why do we let the devil do it? Yeah. Well, we sit around week after week. Slapping you around with lies. Stupid thoughts. Just beating the snot out of you. And God says, hey, Dodo. God doesn't say that. I said that. God says, Sparks, resist him. Don't put up with it. But you put up with it. Now I'm going to give you this. We'll, We'll go home. When you're in the greatest spiritual warfare of your life and you feel like whether it's a failure or you've sinned or you just man alive, you messed up and or you're just mentally and, and spiritually just maxed out confusion, get to church yeah. fast. The day that you had the greatest struggle coming to church is the day you need to be in church the most. And you walk into church. And the devil's sitting there and you say, you sorry lizard, scoot over. I've come to worship God. And I'll tell you what you do. If you have to, you lift your hand up. If you have to, while they're singing, you come and pray. If you have to, you say, Reggie, stop. I want everybody, all the men to come up and pray with me. I'm going through a battle. I'm going through trouble. I'm going through trial. I need help from God. And did you know God, he says that you humble yourself in the mighty hand of God, he'll lift you up and you'd be surprised how Satan will, the Bible says, resist him and he'll flee from you. Amen. Quit taking it. Amen. Let's stand. In. Hey, there's somebody on the altar. Maybe you want to come this morning and say, God, I need help. God, I need grace to fight. Let's stand together.